First is Sarazan. Uh, yeah. uh, honorable members, I'm just waiting for Chair. She, she's trying to get hold of me now. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start the meeting soon uh, after I've just spoke to the chair now. Thank you. No thanks.
Good morning. Uh, honorable members, Chair has just indicated um, that she uh, has been booked off sick. So that's why I, I, I listened to what she she was uh, calling for. So in that in that situation, honorable chair um, and honorable members, as you know, according to the NA rule one five nine, if the chairperson of a committee is absent or unable to perform the functions of chairperson, the committee must then elect another of its members as acting chairperson. So I will open this now for members to 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 elect an acting chairperson in the absence of the chair. She has been booked off. Thank you, Honorable Members. Over to you. Mr. Sagaza. Mr. Sagaza. Yes, Honorable Zuma. Uh, good morning, uh, Mr. Sagaza. Good morning, Honorable Members, uh, the Deputy Minister. Uh, I will propose the name of uh, Honorable Mwetis Nontsele to be the acting chairperson uh, of this committee. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Zuma. The name of Honorable Nonsele has been uh, nominated. So, uh, is any second for that name? My hand is up. Uh, oh, Mr. Honorable Daba, I can see. Yes, sorry for that. Honorable Daba. Thank you. Uh, I suppose second the proposal of Mr. Um, Nonsele as uh, the acting chairperson. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Daba. Is there any other name? Well, then, in the absence of any other name, the uh, Honorable Nonsele is then uh, elected as the acting chairperson. Uh, over to you, uh, Honorable Nonsele. Morning, morning, morning. Uh, sorry, let me just. Let me just set my setting, please. Sorry, just a second. Morning, uh, Mr. Sagaza. Morning, uh, colleagues. I'm just setting my my settings. Please, just a second. Thank you. Thank you. Morning, Mr. Sakaza. Morning, colleagues. Sorry for the delay. I had a problem with my gadget. Uh, we are a bit late, almost 10 minutes. But I hope that you understand my challenge here because I was traveling early this morning. Uh, my apology for the delay. Uh, can we proceed, uh, Mr. Sakaza? Uh, with your uh, announcements of the procedure. Thank you, Honorable Nonsele. Um, first of all, Honorable Nonsele, I quickly go through the roll call this year. Then uh, the, the agenda. Uh, um, we got uh, Honorable Makubela, Honorable Zuma, yeah. Honorable Mdambe, Honorable Nonsele, 
Honorable Jacobs, Honorable Inanna, Honorable Begram, Honorable Cardo from the Portfolio Committee. And uh, from the department, I can just for now acknowledge the presence of GM uh, on this uh, morning. And then from the support staff, we have myself, uh, Mr. Dabeni, uh, Mr. Mukwena, Mr. Ngobo. And then maybe through you, acting chair, you can maybe the department can introduce themselves before I take you through the process. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, uh, Mr. Sagaza. Can we allow you, uh, the DG? Uh, to introduce your uh, delegation, please. Good morning, Honorable Chairperson and the Honorable Members, Deputy Minister, and the colleagues um, on the platform. We have the Deputy Minister, um, and we have the DTG responsible for corporate services, Ms. Ahumi Matebesi. Um, we have the CFO, Mr. Peggy Maduna. We have... Um, uh, Ms. Marsha Bronkost is the COO of the department. And we have um, Ms. Matapelo um, Matabache, who's in the teacher's office, uh, the, C <clears throat> the chief of staff in the minister's office, Mr. Matumela. And we have uh, support staff in the office of the deputy minister, Ms. Karabo Makarane. We have the TTG, acting TTG. Uh, Mr. Tebun Kosim Kalipi, and of course we have the PLO, uh, Mr. Tando Wababa. We also have Ms. Esther Fwane, um, who's representing Mr. Mrotoba, and we have Mr. Zandimweli, who's the head of the Deputy Minister's uh, office. Um, Chair, so far those are the people that are in the, in the, in the platform from the, <clears throat> from the department. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, thank you, DJ. Uh, Mr. Sagaza, would you like the, the agenda item, the first agenda item? Thank you, Honorable Teacher. Yes. Uh, I just forgot to also acknowledge the fact that there is a Ms. Suraya Williams from the state law. Okay. She's also here. So uh, I'm going to flight now the 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 first um, uh, C list of that. Uh, uh, just, just, just before that, can we maybe uh, acknowledge the presence of the Deputy Minister and uh, invite her to share some remarks with us before we proceed, Mr. Sagaza. Morning, uh, Deputy Minister, Honorable Deputy Minister. Uh, can you share with us some reflections before we proceed? Good morning, honorable members. Thank you so much, honorable Nonsele, our acting chair. Allow me to um, uh, greet all uh, honorable members and uh, including our director general. Uh, and, and our officials from the department. I, I think uh, I'm not going to say much because uh, the DG is here and uh, re relevant officials who are supposed to be talking 
uh, on what is expected of us to be presenting. But just to say that, Honorable uh, 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 Chair, that uh, uh, the issue that we will be discussing uh, today in terms of the presentation, among others, over and above the issue of the Koida Amendment Bill, uh, is the issue of our presentation, which uh, talks to the targets. Uh, sometimes uh, targets will always be, uh, can be debatable as to whether they get, uh, we set low standards or uh, the targets are satisfactory or higher. Sometimes we need to begin to debate some of those issues. Uh, but what is important is the fact that uh, we need to check whether are we able to achieve the targets that we set for ourselves. And, and I think we need to um, focus on that. And we need to look into whether uh, do we have the necessary capacity that has to actually um, uh, take us forward. I think uh, this is, will be very important when we do an assessment of the work done uh, by the department. Without uh, any further ado, honorable members, uh, I would, I would um, uh, end there and allow you, Chair, to call upon our officials to take us through. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, thank you. Uh, uh, Deputy Minister, sorry for the ambush. I, I can say that you, you really uh, we're not uh, ready. Thank you, Chair. We're not ready at the time you call me. Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, can we have the first item, uh, Mr. Sagaza? Thank you, Honorable uh, Chair, um, Acting Chair. Uh, I'm sorry, Chair. It's, it's also just brought to my attention that the, uh, the Minister, uh, Honorable Mercy, is in the cabinet meetings meeting now, so he has an apology. I also see Honorable Conrad has just joined in. So I'm going to share, share on acting chair the, the first item on the agenda, which is which is the, the, the COIDA C list, which was also done last week, but the official version is here. Chair, I'm I'm flighting it now. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Sagaza. Uh, members, uh, the amendments to the Coeta Act, Coeta Bill, was in fact uh, presented uh, last week during our meeting, and the, the motions were made in terms of Clause 39, Clause 43, Clause 63, and Clause 64. Well, I will invite uh, uh, Mr. Sagaza to, to read through the report relating to the uh, clauses as amended and the proposals, and then invite members then to make their, their comments. Can we, can, we, can we proceed, Mr. Sagaza, with the report uh, in presentation?
Uh, yes, I'm looking for it, uh, Honorable Chair. Okay. Where is this Sorry, sorry, Honorable Chair, just give me a second. I'm trying to get to it here. Honorable members, can we bear with Mr. Sagaza to get the report? I seem to have... Where is this room? I had it here. Is it visible, Honorable Petting Chair? Uh, yes, but it's not yet opened. Can you is open it? it? No. Can everyone see it? Draft the report. It's only the heading. Uh, the document is not open on my side. It's just the list of your document and the draft report, which is on top. Yeah, on, on proposal on Koida, the 31st of August 2022. But it's not open. Open it first. Uh, just click on the document so that it opens. I'm trying to click where is now. Okay, stop share. Let me go back there. Okay, here is it. Oh, yes, I see now. Is it visible now, Honorable yeah. Chair? Yes, yes, yes. Mr. Can Sorry. I read through it then, Chair? Yeah. Draft the report of... Draft report of the Portfolio Committee on Employment and Labor on the Compensation for Occupational Injuries and Diseases Amendment Bill, B21B of 2020, dated 31 August 2022. The Portfolio Committee on Employment and Labor, having considered the Compensation for Occupational Injuries and Diseases Amendment Bill, B21B of 2020, National Assembly Section 75, and the proposed amendments of the National Council of Provinces as per announcement, tablings, and committee reports of 23 March 2022 on page 101, referred to the committee, reports the bill with amendments B21C of 2020. The process followed by the committee on the NCOP proposed amendments on COIDA. One, the NCOP passed the bill on 17 May 2022, subject to proposed amendments. The bill was then returned to assembly and referred to this portfolio committee on employment and labor for consideration of the council's proposed amendments, as per that announcement, ATC uh, 72 of 17 May 2022. On 24 August 2022, the committee received a briefing from the Department of Employment and Labor on the proposed amendments. The committee deliberated and agreed on the proposed amendments as they were flighted 
as clause 39, clause 43, clause 63, and clause 64. There was a minority view that the Democratic Alliance, although agreeing to the proposed amendments, reiterated its original objection of the entire bill. So therefore, the committee recommends that the portfolio committee I mean, the Portfolio Committee of Employment and Labor recommends that the House passes the bill with the amendments. Report to consider. That's the report. Thank you, Chair. Thanks, Mr. Sakaza. Honorable members, uh, that's the report uh, arising from uh, the process that has been undertaken by the National Council of Provinces who have since uh, returned uh, the bill back to us for further consideration. We've had the discussion a week ago on the matter, and now the report is being presented for adoption. Can we invite comments and the uh, motion for the adoption? Yes, Chair, Michael Bagram. Honorable Bagram. I've got no objection to the actual amendments, but we have an objection to the overall bill. Okay. So you have an objection overall to the bill. Noted Honourable Bagram. Honourable Mdade. Thank you, Chair, and uh, good morning to the Honourable Members. I is Busisum Dabe. Move for the adoption of the entire bill. Thank you. Honorable Gabe, move for the adoption of the bill as amended. Uh, any, any, any second? Chairperson. Honorable Zuma. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. I, uh, Honorable Zuma, formally second, or Honorable Gabe for the adoption uh, of the bill. Thank you, Honourable Zuma. Honourable members, uh, the proposed uh, amend, draft amendments to the bill have been uh, moved and seconded. We also note the objections of the DA as presented by Honourable uh, Bagram. Uh, the bill will be taken uh, for uh, uh, formalization and debate by the uh, National Assembly so that we concur or comply with the recommendation as put forward by the uh, National Council of Provinces. Uh, so can we then move uh, to the next item, Honorable Mr. Wababa, unless there are other points. Honorable Dabe, your hand is still on, or is it an old hand? Uh, it's an old hand, Chair. My apologies. Okay. Thank you, Chair. Um, through you, Chair. Um, then the report also, the draft report that is uh, here also must be adopted, Chair. We, can, we adopted the CILIS and now the, the, the report, Chair. Yes. Formally. Can we can we formally adopt the draft report, Honorable Members? Any mover? I suppose some formally move for the adoption of the report, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Dabe. Uh, Honorable Spongle Zuma, formally second. Thanks, Honorable uh, Zuma. The report has been formally adopted as well. 
I think I would note again the objections that were made in the initial process by Honorable Cardo, which read the same as that of Honorable uh, Begram, that they object overall to the to the to the bill, uh, and that they do not have uh, objection to the amendments. Uh, thanks, Honorable Members. Uh, I think we have uh, completed this uh, one of the agenda relative to the amendments to the bill. Can we move, uh, Honorable uh, Members, to the second item, which is the report, the adoption of the draft report on the oversight uh, visit to Eastern Cape, which was undertaken on the 19th to the 21st of April 2022. Uh, just to assist the meeting, the, the, the session, so that we, in fact, uh, understand where we are with the report. The report was formally presented uh, a week ago during our sitting as the portfolio committee. And the, the committee agreed that uh, through the uh, direction of the chair, Honorable Dunjuan, uh, that we should, in fact, allow uh, the committee to go back to, to further uh, uh, consolidate the report for, for presentation. So the report itself was presented uh, a week ago. What we would ask you, uh, Mr. Sagaza, is to just to run the report again from page to page if members agree or you read it through if they want it so, so that we go directly then immediately to the recommendations and then, uh, and then no, to observations and then finally to recommendations. My apologies on that. We agree members now. Yes, You are running, you are running a lot. Oh, sorry. Just, yeah. I, I thought I was going straight to observations. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yes, you can go straight to observations if there is absolutely nothing that has been raised. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Sagaz. Honorable members, we're now on the on the observations. Uh, we will read it point by point so that uh, members can then indicate their their views if they want us to proceed. Then the committee made the following overall observations. There are good interpersonal relations between managers of the Eastern Cape Provincial Department of Employment and Labor in this Sorry. To... Sorry. Women sorry. are well. Okay. <clears throat> Women are well represented at all levels of, of the organization. However, people with disabilities are not well represented. 
and that the third one, clients pay for long hours, sometimes exposed to intolerable weather conditions, uh, don't appear to be well managed. The UIF must take, take services to the people. Can you go up, uh, Mr. Sakas? Recording in progress. Okay. The UIF must take services to the people, especially those who live in far-flung areas where it is difficult to get to go to get to labor centers. However, the bus does not provide services such as CMA uh, services. The ComEasy system has capacity to store documents, thus making it easy to trace payments and employees can register claims on the ComEasy system. Department officials are therefore able to identify repeat claims that are submitted fraudulently. Metroco did not have these features, which made it easy, susceptible to being uh, defrauded. The department targets the department targets of the performance targets of the department are set below my apology, which makes it to appear as if the department is overachieving. So the point of setting uh, the targets very low. The department set aside approximately 200 million for tools of trade during the COVID-19 lockdown. However, shortage of tools of trade is still a problem in most labor centers the delegation visited. The Laboria office building appears, that is the one in East London, like it had not been well maintained and the renovation costs are estimated at 86 million. There is a lack of air ventilation in some offices in Gabecha and in King Williamstown, that is in Gorm. Some centers don't provide space for staff to have refreshment resulting in personnel having to have their, their, their lunch at their desks. Can go on? The SEEs do not have adequate support in terms of procurement of their products, whereas there is a general outcry for orders for of linen and school furniture, but that are never honored and are gathering dust at these factories. Only the Western Cape Health Department is procuring hospital linen from the SEEs of the Eastern Cape. Some of the issues raised by the employees of the SEEs include unavailability of special government-sponsored support to take employees to and from work, lack of skills development program to capacitate SEE employees for senior positions at work, SEE employees qualify for who qualify for houses under RTP Reconstruction and Development Program, but have to wait long like all other applicants. SEE employees belong to Makoti Medical Scheme and are not contributing to it. The scheme does not cover some of the benefits, and they can only consult doctors that are approved by the scheme. The next bullet is Kadecha SEE is surrounded by Livingstone Hospital, Doranginza, and Port Elizabeth Hospital, but they are not procuring supplies from them. Can we move? 
It is noted that there are 16 labor centers and five satellite offices, but it is not indicated where these are located. And that also of concern is the nature of the 44 vacancies in the province and whether they are fully funded. So those are the observations that the committee have made. Any comments uh, on, the, on, the, on the observations, uh, honorable members? before we go to recommendations. Yeah, um, Yes, can we raise hands so that I, I, I note them, uh, so that we don't speak intermittently. Uh, Honorable Inanna, you are the first one. Any, any additional hand? Any hand for noting? Honorable Inanna, you can proceed. Yeah, Chairperson, uh, these observ- observations are, are reflecting exactly what, what transpired on, on the on the interaction in the Estate Cape when we had this overset visit. Yes, uh, we do accept that that was where the observations that were, were identified and were clearly uh, noted by, by by the delegation. And therefore, uh, uh, I accept the, the, these observations. Thank you, Honorable Inanna. Any further comments on the observations? Uh, there's none. Can we then uh, proceed to recommendations? The recommendations are as uh, presented, presented as follows. The committee made the following recommendations that the Minister of Employment and Labor ensures the following. First bullet, the provincial department work with stakeholders of people with disabilities to ensure that people with disabilities are equitably represented in the establishment of the provincial department. Bullet number two, the queues in labor centers are properly managed and shelters provided for clients to protect them from extreme weather conditions. If possible, comprehensive uh, services are provided at the bus that provide UIF services to, to the community. The fourth bullet. The performance targets are set in accordance with the available resources to the provincial department. Which is the bullet. The tools of trade are made available to the labor centers to ensure that they meet their performance target. The sixth bullet. The working conditions, including ventilation and refreshment spaces are improved to ensure appearance of professionalism to the public. Sixth bullet, the department, the Department of Employment and Labor continues with with negotiations to ensure that the National Treasury Department grants preferential procurement status to the SEEs. Seven, the SEEs are supported by advertising their products broadly, since there are so many schools that lack school furniture. Eight, 
The Department of Employment and Labor intervenes to formalize the prioritization of its disabled employees in allocation of RTP houses since many departments prioritize people with disabilities. Nine, the department explores the possibility of providing transport for people with disabilities employed by the SEEs. Then, SEE employees who belong to Makoti Medical Scheme are made aware of the package of benefits for which they qualify and the list of doctors approved by the scheme. Twelve, the department has a national strategy with all public and private uh, workplaces to prioritize optimal utilization of skilled uh, disabled uh, persons. Thirteen, these are public engagements with members of communities through public outreach programs to empower and educate people about relevant labor, labor laws, including the UIF, QUIDA, OSA, or Occupational Health and Safety, the Basic Condition of Employment Act, and the CCMA powers and functions. The role of labor inspectors is understood by everyone involved in the labor sector. The department of Employment and Labor should report back to the Portfolio Committee on Employment and Labor on progress made with regard to the above-mentioned recommendation within one month after the report has been adopted in the, by, by the National Assembly. Those are the recommendations. Can we invite uh, comments from members, honorable members? Honorable members, if you don't have anything against or amendment, uh, then we can invite uh, motions, proposal for adoption. Honorable member, the platform is yours. Chairperson, uh, Member Yunan. Yes, Honorable Yunan. Chairperson, I Member Yunan, the member member of this portfolio committee on employment paper. I do hereby reject the adoption of the report. Uh, Noted, Honorable uh, Inanna, the objection of the Democratic Alliance uh, that uh, they continue to object overall to the report. I don't know whether you want me to phrase it in the same way <laughs> that your colleagues earlier uh, uh, announced that they do not necessarily object to the amendments. They object to the overall uh, uh, bill. Uh, should we retain it in that fashion, Honorable Inanna? Yeah, the, 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 because you are. Yes. Okay. For the record, 
Thanks, Honorable Nana. Any mover for the adoption of the recommend of the recommendation and the seconder, Honorable Members. My is there anyone? Okay. okay. Honorable Mdabe. Formally move for the adoption of the report with the amendments that were made. Thank you, Chair. Thanks, Honorable Ntabe. Honorable Volmarans. Uh, thank you, Comrade Chair. Um, uh, I, Matthew Volmarans, um, do support um, the, the recommendations as amended uh, from this report. Thanks, Honorable Volmarans. Uh, the recommendation has been moved uh, by Honorable Dabe and seconded by Honorable Volmarans uh, for the adoption. Uh, the, the report then will be taken forward to the National Assembly Honorable Members uh, with noted objections from the Democratic Alliance and the uh, the item now is considered uh, closed. Uh, can we move then to item three, uh, Mr. Sagaza? Yes, Honorable Chair. Um, I've made uh, Ms. Marsha Bronkost and Matapelo post so that they can uh, flight their uh, what you call a presentation. Thanks. That is the briefing by the Department of Employment and Labor on its 2021-2022 third quarter performance and expenditure report. That is of 2022-2023. It's noise outside, uh, honorable members. If it's uh, if it sounds on your on the screen. Uh, understand is that there is work on the street where I'm currently seated, but it's just a temporary disruption. Sorry for that. Ms. Masha Bronkost, uh, the platform is yours. Thank you. Or Thank you. Who's, who's presenting? Is you or the DJ? It's you. No, it's no, me. It's I was me. Gonna, yeah, it's, it's her chair. I was going to ask, ask her to do that. Thanks. 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 Can we then proceed, uh, Ms. Broncos? Thank you. Thank you, Chen. Good morning to everybody. Uh, the presentation has been circulated, so I'm going to uh, look at a few slides with your indulgence, Chairperson, and then, as is our practice, look at the areas of non-achievement of the department. The first slide that I would like to focus on is that of slide four, is, is slide four, which is an overview of the performance for the department for the last for the three quarters of the financial year. You will see uh, that we started the year in quarter one with a performance of 73%, improved a little bit in quarter two to a performance of 75%, and then in quarter three, the performance went down to 67%. Now, tracking the department's performance year on year, always in quarter three, our performance goes down a little bit. And this is as a result of numerous officials who take study leave 
exam, it's exam time traditionally in South Africa in quarter three, as well as the fact that quite a number of people do take leave during this period. We have a shutdown period in, in December as well as a department because of the fact that I think the whole of the country goes into shutdown. So our performance in quarter three normally goes down a little bit in terms of the achievement of our indicators. The next slide I would like to draw attention to is that of is slide six, Chairperson. Here I have given a comparative analysis of our performance per program from quarter two to quarter three, so that we have a sense of uh, what has happened. In terms of administration, there has been a small decrease from 67 to 57%. And what is new here is the issue of interim financial statements, as you will see earlier, that where the deadline date was not met. Inspection and enforcement services managed to improve on their performance from 50 to 75%. Public employment services went down to 80%, and you will see when I look at the detail why. And labor policy and industrial relations had a substantial decrease in their performance from 100% achievement in quarter two to 60% achievement in quarter three. And the total, therefore, total performance for us was 67%, as I said earlier when, I, when we looked at the pie charts. The next slide I would like to focus on is that of slide 11, which looks at the areas of non-achievement. Now, Members of this committee who have been coming with us for some time will know that the very first one, the issue of filling of vacancies, continues to be an elusive uh, achievement. We, as a department, have got challenges in terms of filling our vacancies to the level that we have set ourselves. You will recall that in the APP of 2122, we had a 3% or less vacancy rate. We have not managed to achieve that. Uh, mostly because of the large number of applications we receive and then there are delays in capturing this process is a process issue that we have in, in I think in public service in general. The next uh, slide which looks at non-achievement is that of slide 13. It is also program one administration and members will also recall those as again who have been with us for some time that to finalize our disciplinary cases within the time frames has been a challenge for us. It is because we are using uh, people from other departments, we're using uh, other experts and these reports and finalization is normally slow in coming. So it is a problematic situation. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, corporate services has also decided that uh, that employment relations must specialize in the resolution of these cases. And then that the anti-fraud and corruption unit will uh, detect and investigate cases and then hand it over to, to employment relations. I'm sure members have recalled from the UIF presentations that there's quite a substantial number of fraud and corruption cases that have to be dealt with. If we move to slide number 14, which is the next area of non-achievement. Thank you. Members will recall that the department tabled its annual report last year late. And uh, as a because the annual financial statements were not finalized, the auditing thereof, the preparation thereof. And this has had a snowball effect in terms of the interim financial statements. Uh, the submission that we could not do it by the 31st of October, and they were submitted on the 12th of November last year. 
The next slide I would like to look at would be slide 18. This is the one area where the inspection and enforcement services have not managed to achieve their indicator. This is the inspection of workplaces. And here it's the same challenges that we've had. The number of workplaces that were not accessible due to COVID cases, uh, there were administrative administrative inspections performed, but they were not sufficient to be to enable us to achieve the target. The members will also recall that this is a cumulative target. And if quarter one, quarter two was already building a backlog in terms of the numbers, then it becomes even more problematic to do so in quarter three. The next slide I would like to focus on would be slide 29, Chairperson. And I would just like to I would just like to hear focus a moment on uh, the placement of work seekers. We had a target of thirty seven five hundred people that had to be placed in work uh, or job opportunities, income opportunities. And the department has managed in this quarter to place or by this quarter to place forty eight thousand six hundred and thirty eight registered work seekers, uh, 11,000 more than what was expected in terms of our indicators. If we look at slide 30, the area that was not achieved there for public employment services members will recall that there was one area of non-achievement. This was the partnerships that had to be concluded in terms of placing people in work and finding job opportunities. They had a target cumulatively of 15, only 13 were concluded because there were still internal processes that had to be finalized in terms of the verification of these processes. The next slide that I would like to look at, Jefferson, is slide 34. This is the issue of the National Minimum Wage uh, Review. And uh, this was not achieved at the time where it was supposed to be done. It was supposed to be finalized by the 31st of October. It was only finalized by the 17th of December. And this was because of challenges in terms of the research processes that had taken place, changes in the way that Stats South Africa collected their data, and then also uh, discrepancies on wage data that we received. And that made it difficult to finalize the report. So the National Minimum Wage Commission published a notice to invite written representations concerning possible adjustments to the minimum wage. And uh, that is why we succeeded in publishing the report, although it was outside the timeframes that we set for ourselves. Slide 36 takes care of the last, of the last area of underachievement. The midterm report, which was a progress report on bilateral cooperation, multilateral obligations. This was produced, but it also did not meet the agreed deadline. And I think what happened here is that everyone was finalizing the child labor conference, which uh, we're all away took place early in the year. And they, um, I think, did not prioritize the way that they should have in terms of finalizing this report. Chairperson, then I would just like to focus attention uh, in terms of the impact report on two slides before I hand over to the CFO. The first one thereof 
is the issue of money is recovered by our inspectors. I think this is an important slide that we look and see what is it that the inspectorate has in this quarter managed to recover for uh, the workers and the vulnerable workers of, of the country. If we look in terms of the BCEA, you will see that there was just under 6 million rands recovered for uh, workers in terms of underpayments. But look at the national minimum wage. Nearly 20 million rand was recovered in terms of underpayments for workers. Then contributions for COID or the compensation fund, 28 million arrears contributions were recovered. And in terms of the UI Act, 1 million arrears contributions. But it's important, I think, that we focus on the national minimum wage at the BCEA to see that we managed to put nearly 26 million rands into the hands of workers in the quarter uh, under review. Then the last slide I would like to focus on is slide uh, 53. And I just want to make it a summary. If we can just go back to slide 53, please, Matapelu. Thank you. I just want uh, to focus on the work seekers a little bit, talk a little bit around the work seekers that are registered. In the, uh, SR, on the SR system, 60% of the work seekers that are registered is uh, young people, people below the age of 35, nearly 118,000 of the just under 200,000 are young people that are registered with us. And 54% of these young, young people are young women that have registered with the department. In terms of the counselling that is provided by the employment service or the career counsellors, 72% of the young people that were registered on the SR system were counselled and prepared for the world of work. Chairperson, if you will allow the CFO to just take us through the financials for the quarter, if that's acceptable to you. Thank you. That's, that's fine, uh, Marcia. Thanks for the presentation. Uh, CFO, the platform is yours. Uh, good morning, Chair, Honorable Members, Deputy Minister, DG and colleagues. Uh, the slide uh, that is now cited is the budget information for 2021, just for quarter three. In terms of the budget for the quarter, on administration, we were budgeting 254 million and we spent 229. Uh, 0.6, which is the 90% of that by of, of the budget for the quarter. For IES, the budget was 166.6 million, and we spent 132.5 million, which amounts to 80% of the budget. Public employment services, the budget for the quarter uh, for, for quarter three was 170.2 million, and we spent. 169.9, which equates to almost 100%. Lay LP and IR, the budget for the quarter is 351.1 million, and we spent 335.1 million, which, amounted, which amounts to 95%. Overall, for the in terms of the program budget, we spent 92%. 
the next slide is the same information, but uh, in general, according to economic classification, for current payments, we budgeted for 517.6 million, and we spent 469.8 million, which amounted to which amounts to 91 percent. Transfers and subsidies. 395.2 million and we spent 382.1 million, which amounted to 97%. Payment for capital assets, the budget that was earmarked for the quarter was 29.3 million and we spent 515.1 million, which amounts to 52% which gives us the same uh, spending percentage of the overall of 92%. Of 92%. The next slide, looking at further uh, on, the, uh, on the current payments, current payments comprises of compensation of employees, uh, which is, uh, which we budgeted for 341.5 million, and we spent 323.9 million, which amounts to 95%. Goods and services, the budget for the, for the for quarter three was 176.1 million, and we spent 145.8 million, which is 83. Overall, on the current payments, the spending was 91%. The next slide, we look at the overall budget for the department but we exclude the transfers and subsidies simply because those are administered uh, separately in terms of the SLA with entities. So our budget for the department, excluding the, 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 the transfers, uh, was 2.2 uh, billion, and we spent 1.365 billion, which amounts to 66%. On the administration, the budget was uh, just about 1 billion, and we spent 616.3 million, which is 60%. Enforcement uh, IES, 647.9 million, and the expenditure was 394.2, which amounted to 61%. Public employment services, the expenditure was uh, uh, the, 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 the adjusted budget, 380.1, and we spent 265.3, which, uh, which amounts to, equates to 70%. And NPNIR, the budget of, adjusted budget of 154.3, and the expenditure of 89.6 million, which amounted to uh, 58%. Uh, in terms of the Economic classification for the well, for the same information, compensation of employees was 1.4 uh, billion, and we spent 962.3 million, which equates to 67, 67%. Goods and services, 684.3 million, and the expenditure as at the end of the quarter is there. 376.6 million, which uh, equates to 55%. Overall, in terms of the accumulative budget, at the quarter three, the expenditure was sitting at 
the now looking at the whole information for the look the whole the whole vote the uh, the whole amount for the vote uh, for the department administration as at the end of quarter three was sitting at 60% with the expenditure of 618.4 million uh, IES uh, at the end look at the end of the quarter was sitting at 61% with the expenditure of 395.9 million public employment services the expenditure was sitting at 53% uh, which amounts to 465 uh, million LPNIR, the expenditure as at the end of the quarter for the whole vote was sitting at 74%, which equates to 930.7 million. Well, this was also at the look for the for the quarter, the position uh, for our transfers. Uh, program three, where most of our transfers were look are sitting. We're sitting at 40% uh, expenditure with SEC, SEE sitting at, four, at 44% uh, transfers that have been made to them. Productivity SA, and within the look with the third quarter, we have already transferred to the whole of their tranche, and hence it was at 90, 90%. 100%. UIF, we only keep that amount alive there by leaving it at one rand or one thousand, so that if ever there is a need for fiscal funding, we've got that line item already available. So under normal circumstances, that line item is not active because UIF is um, self-sufficient, so to say. Uh, compensation of employees, even though we are not funding compensation of employees, but there are financial transactions that happen between the department and compensation of employee compensation fund, which is the injuries on our local public servants. So at the third quarter, we have not received any claims from compensation fund for the injuries at work of uh, public servants, except for the except for those departments that are not catered for, mainly those that are service type. Police uh, is one of them, uh, uh, Department of Army, uh, and yeah, the other one. Uh, the, also, the expenditure that uh, on quarter three that we that was allocated in the look in this financial year was expenditure for the uh, presidential pathway. Uh, GTEC uh, at quarter three, that amount was not uh, transferred to GTEC, so the expenditure was zero. So overall, the expenditure on the transfers on program three was 40%. Uh, uh, the, all the other transfers that we also make on program four uh, uh, are African regional labor. The amount that we budget for to for 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 for, for our, our affiliation in quarter three was not paid, so there was zero expenditure that was uh, that was record that was recorded. Uh, strengthening Sorry, CFO, are you aware that your presentation has not has since been taken off? Uh, no, Chair, I'm not aware. I've got my own here that I'm working on. 
we've done a presentation here. Uh, since you went past, uh, I think, the presentation around uh, the compensation of employees, then the presentation disappeared from the screen. <laughs> Can you correct that? Because you're just now speaking to yourself and without the presentation on the on the screen. Uh, I see you. Uh, can you assist me with the person who was saying? I'm trying. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to see if, oh, Chairperson, sorry. Uh, I'm trying to, uh, it seems as if there's a network issue. So I'm trying to see if I can assist. But you were on the last slide, as I recall. I think it should be the second last. You can just get one the second last and then go to the last one. Because I think that happened almost on the second last or at the conclusion of the third last year. Sorry, Chairperson, I'm also having difficulty. I'm trying my best here um, to see if I can assist. Okay. Sorry, Honorable Members, for the disruption. I felt that you were disadvantaged as the presentation was no longer uh, visible to everyone. Any progress, uh, Ms. Bronkhorst? Uh, Jefferson, I'm seeking higher higher assistance. Just give me a minute, please. Okay, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm just trying to keep hope to the members, the honorable members, so that they do not think that we have lost everything. Thank you. So it's right from the beginning now. I said, I, 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 my assumption is that it happened on the third last, when it was concluding the third last year. Can you go back a bit? Yes, Chair. I think that was the transfer. Yeah. This is the transfers 
This is the transfers and subsidies that are sitting on Program 4, LP and IR. Uh, our affiliation to uh, African Regional Labor, ARNAC, uh, there is zero because we haven't, uh, at that point, we had not paid our affiliation, so there was no expenditure recorded. For strengthening of civil society, we have spent uh, 20 million out of the 24.1 million, so the expenditure was 85%. CCMA, the expenditure, the transfer was already for the third quarter was sitting at 75%, and NEDLEC, uh, the expenditure there was sitting at uh, 100%, as all the amounts that needed to be transferred to this entity was done. So for labor, okay. For the next slide, in terms of household, the um, this is the amount that we pay gratuity. We pay to our to our to our retiring or uh, well living employees. The expenditure was the was over because I think more people uh, at, at that point, more people will have paid more people for, for, gratu for, for gratuity. However, it's not an issue at, at year end. We then make some uh, transfers to, to, to cover whatever ever expenditure that has, uh, that has occurred. Uh, the provinces and municipalities, the amount that we paid for our licenses for the vehicles to, municip to municipalities, uh, and the expenditure was sitting at 92%. Uh, or the licenses uh, were sitting at uh, was sitting at two look at look at, at two thousand. Hence, the expenditure was three percent. If there was no gift and donations that the department has made, and giving the total for LPNI look at uh, look uh, at sixty five percent. I think that concludes our transfers and subsidies uh, in, the, in the financial presentation chair. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, CFO. Thanks, CFO. Any, any further remarks uh, on uh, DG or Ms. Bronkhorst to conclude the presentation? Oh, it's done. Chair, it is done. Thanks. Thanks, 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 DJ. Honorable members, that's the presentation of the first quarter. Uh, can we invite uh, comments and hands? It's Michael Bagram. Honorable Bagram. Honorable Makubele. Followed by Honorable Makubele. You can proceed, Honorable Bagram. Honorable Zuma. Honorable Zuma, you are the third one. Honorable Bikram, the platform is yours. Thank you. Thanks. I appreciate it. If I can look at slide six, the inspection and enforcement services, it's notorious that the department doesn't have enough inspectors. Um, and so we obviously judging ourselves against what we have. Um, I, I think there should be a comment on the fact that we need probably four or five times the amount of inspectors that we've got. And we need to put pressure on our minister to get a bigger budget for inspection services because everything falls apart when you have no inspectors. 
Um, we know, and it's notorious, that small businesses never see an inspector. Uh, so there's just a comment from me, and then maybe there's a comment from Ms. Bronkost on that one. Um, if I can look at slide slide eight. Um, again, um, we have a look at the inspection enforcement services, um, and I'm not sure. Obviously, we set the the department sets the target. The department measures itself and then gives itself a, an overall greater performance, say, for the Eastern Cape. But uh, from what I hear in the Eastern Cape is they never see an inspector. So, again, it's the same comment that I have. Um, I just want to have a look here at slide 14. Um, again, we we are judging ourselves, um, and I, I know that the um, uh, Auditor General has, has made negative comments in the past, uh, what's the comment? Are we are we looking to try and cure all the problems that we've had with the with the audit that we've had in the past? Look at slide sixteen, um, where we've said that the remedial action is to require to repay the expenses incurred by the department. Um, if someone has actually created a problem, I, I'm not sure why, whether repayment is the right is the right way to go. We should be looking at suspension and dismissal. Now, there's a big problem in the department in that people are suspended for months on end, uh, getting full salary. And can they tell us that they've now actually gone through all that and people will be suspended quickly and disciplinary hearings will be held quickly? I know the department itself outsources the, the chairperson of the hearings, but maybe they should have it internally. Um, if you look at slide 29, it's public employment services. I'd like to know, and maybe the um, people from the Treasury can tell us this, but the costs of actually job creating a permanent job, um, have they done that exercise? Because my understanding is that the costs of trying to create jobs by government is at least 10 to 20 times what it would cost for the private sector to create a job, and I'd like to have that those figures and see where, where we go. Um, slide um, 34. Um, again, we, we're collecting data on the national minimum wage, but somehow that data seems very thin. And can we trust it? Um, I, I don't think we can. And maybe there's a comment on that. Slide 37. Um, job creation. Again, I'm not sure whether the department actually is doing much to create jobs. Uh, we had a, a situation over COVID where people applied for the TERS and there was lots of pressure on the UIF and literally thousands of businesses came forward to claim but hadn't registered their staff for the UIF. And now we get the, we, we hear that the monies that we've clawed back from employers for non-payment of UIF is, is really thin. Have we missed that opportunity? What, what is actually going on there? Why, why so thin? And why haven't we done that? We had a perfect opportunity. We had two years of employers coming forward, and we, we, could have, we could have done something about it. Slide 52, and I know I've got lots more, but I won't take up all the time. Um, slide 52, we, we're talking about research and registered job seekers and whatever. 
What's the value of this? Are we actually starting to place people and have we looked at the exercise as to where these people are qualified and how we could actually place them? Uh, thank you, uh, Acting Chair. I appreciate it. Thanks, Honorable Pegram. I'm sure the, all the questions have been flagged for responses. Uh, Honorable uh, Makubele. Um, thank you, Chairperson. I have few questions, um, and the other ones may just be um, considered as clarity-seeking um, questions. I will start with uh, slide six. I like the comparative analysis that the department did there. It provides us an opportunity to track and trace progress or failure thereof. Now I see that inspection and enforcement services uh, branch performance has improved in the third quarter uh, of 2021-2022 as compared to the second quarter of the same financial year. But Chairperson, as much as that improvement is um, commendable, given the importance of IEC branch, I will be comfortable to see IEC achieving 100% in each and every quarter. I believe um, it is doable. Uh, you'll agree with me that IEC set a plan to achieve just four targets. It is important that those four targets are achieved quarter after quarter. <clears throat> Another one, Chairperson, uh, let me indicate impressive slide in slide seven, where we are provided with the performance trends by the department. We are given the performance of all the quarters of 2020 and 2021. It is pleasing to see that performance trend there. Perhaps the department would want to explain why there was no drop in performance of quarter three in 2020-2021 and why there is a drop in performance in quarter three of 2021 and 2022. Uh, Chairperson, again, when you get to slide eight, you see what I was talking about earlier on, on in relation to four plan targets. Public Employment Services, PPES branch achieved 100% in almost all provinces. Uh, of course, with the expectation of just two, which are Houteng and Pumalanga. All other provinces achieved those four planned targets, but why Houteng and Pumalanga provinces did not achieve 100% uh, just like other provinces? Um, <clears throat> perhaps, um, as I learned, Chairperson, still on remedial actions, but now on slide 13, the English um, written in that remedial action column there is saying to me that the department is telling this portfolio committee that they are neither here nor there in, in relation to the remedial actions. <clears throat> can what is written in that remedial action column on slide 13 be clearly explained so that we can follow, we can follow and have something to hold on to? Uh, thank you for now, Chairperson. Thanks, Honorable uh, Makubele. Honorable Zuma. Uh, thank you, uh, Chairperson. Uh, mine is the seeking clarities. Uh, Chairperson, uh, what about the achievement of the targets in quarter three? When it comes to IAS, is just red. Then the overall performance of seven provinces is 67%. And the two provinces that obtained just 33%, those provinces being Eastern Cape and Free State, 
it came to a, a surprise uh, for me when uh, it comes to Eastern Cape, because I count uh, this province among those are performing well. The importance of IES branch in the context of the country cannot be overemphasized. We therefore need to be told what happened in Eastern Cape, what happened in the Free State, and why other seven other provinces' overall performance is, is, is 67. Then secondly, uh, what measures has the department and its entities put in place to closely monitor the performance with the view of the improving service delivery? Lastly, HPC, why all programs experience slow spending during the period under view? Thank you, Chairperson. Thank, thanks, Honorable Zoma. Uh, on the platform, Honorable, uh, excuse, Honorable Mkondo has uh, uh, placed a, a, a comment there because he says she's got a noisy background where, where, where she is. Uh, I will read it so that we also note it. Uh, I have a noisy Chair, uh, I hope the department is not going to regress further in as far as the inspection is concerned. We need to employ more inspectors. It is clear the unit is understaffed and can't service the workers that need uh, the services uh, most. So that's that's an additional comment, uh, which uh, when responding to uh, and your team, you should also take into account. Uh, from my side as the chair, there is a... In terms of the slide for which uh, members have spoken to, there is this uh, reason that is given with regard to achievement of 67%. That is because it is shut down. Uh, I, I will contrast or take it together with the reasons that have been given on slide 11, which basically talks about uh, uh, the application or, or the filling of vacancies. The reason being uh, the question of uh, delays in capturing. <clears throat> Taken together, uh, the question, uh, DGNOD, is whether, for instance, uh, are you taking into account that when you, in fact, uh, almost uh, make the kind of achievements and the reasons provided, you effectively militate against the expectations uh, outside there. For instance, the period that we're talking about, that we're saying it's a slowdown period, is the period of anxiety in many families, particularly those that are unemployed and who are looking for any available job uh, towards uh, that period. So I think that there, there need to be some kind of turnaround so that at least uh, we, we adopt an attitude, uh, uh, DG and the team, an attitude that basically says uh, in the in the township lingo, uh, we can't have a situation of a slowdown and that the consequence being uh, the adverse effect uh, to the targets that we have, achieved, we, we have set to achieve and then by extension impacting on the expectations uh, of those who are in fact uh, expecting uh, 
responses to job applications because the issue of vacancies as well is impacted upon which when you're talking to slide 11, the reasons that are given there is that the delays on capturing of the applications, hence uh, the vacancies have not been filled. And uh, again, if you go to slide 13, again, another reason that has been given there is that the delays in finalizing the reports, that is the incidence of, of corruption is with regard to the delays of, uh, in of, of finalizing reports. There is also the problem, if you go into the, the question, for instance, of that justice delayed is justice denied, where people are placed on a gray or suspicion for quite long periods, and that the cases then take much longer for them to be finalized. And if we can also address that, uh, as well as the, I think the point around the annual financial statements have been covered, uh, it needs as well to be to be to, to be dealt with, so that we do not have a repetition where we have set targets for the 12th of October and no, no, for the end of October and then only on the 12th of, of November uh, the annual financial statements were 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 were, were finalised. I think those are the points in addition to the uh, points that have been uh, made by honourable members that I would want to to add, particularly the one that uh, effectively say that uh, those who have applied for vacancies must then wait because we are in a festive mood and therefore there is a slowdown in our points of uh, operation. Thanks, uh, uh, DG and your team, uh, Ms. Masha, uh, you, the platform is yours for response responses Chair, thank you very much um <clears throat> for the for the questions I'll, I'll start with your with your questions um <clears throat> I, I i agree with you and, and we reflected on this as uh, at the time as, as the executive committee of the department um the 67% performance is really not acceptable. And the reasons advanced are equally um, not acceptable, but they are a reality. Now, what it says to us, what it says to us is that um, people did not plan properly because you know that the, the period of um, September, I mean, the period of October, November, those periods, December, those periods were um people write exams so you need to plan for that so that your your performance is not um, adversely affected by the absence of um, a number of officials who are writing during this, that period because what you cannot do is to deny officials of the the opportunity to uh, to develop themselves we support that but that needs to be balanced with the um, with the responsibilities that they have. And it's a supervisory responsibility. Um, and in this case, I think um, as a department, we've, uh, we've failed to, to monitor this um, to make sure that doesn't happen. We have, however, taken steps. I think the COO will talk to that. We have taken steps um, to address underperformance in, 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 this, in these areas. Um, we have 
um, part of the consequence management, um, you know, given um, warnings to the colleagues uh, that if they don't check up their performance, um, they may find themselves um, outside of the department because we're here to uh, to work. And that's, that is the same thing with the, with, <clears throat> with, with the vacancies. Um, we have taken a, a view now that um, if you don't, if you have a post and you don't, um, you don't fill the post, we'll take it and use it in the areas where there's a greater need. Um, we have inspect. We need, we need more inspectors, and therefore, um, <clears throat> we, we, we will be keen to um, to move the, those positions. Um, if you if they are not they are not filled, I know it might sound like a drastic step, but I think. Uh, given the chronic um, uh, underspending in the fires, the compensation of employees is concerned, and the problem of the filling of vacancies. I think we, those steps that we're taking are now um, justified. Um, on the anti-fraud cases, um, the investigations, uh, I agree with uh, both the EO chair and uh, and Honorable um, uh, Honorable Makubel, the the reasons given, it's it's purely it's a simple thing. We 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 have very very limited resources to do investigation. So what we need are also we need outsourced resources to come in and assist. And and we're now making provision. Um, for that, because it, it doesn't matter what we do, um, the number of cases that we get from our uh, anti-fraud hotline, um, they are they are increasing, and they, all these most of these cases are, are located in the in the provinces. So I think we we need more more hands, and hence the 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 step that we're taking now of bringing outside resources. To come and assist because this is a um, <clears throat> like like one honourable member was saying justice delayed is justice um, denied. So we want to make sure that you address this on the submission of um, um, the the annual financial statement. I think um, between ourselves and, and, and the auditor general, we we need to make sure that um, this does not happen um, again. So we, we're working very close with the AG to make sure that it doesn't happen. I agree with Honorable Mkondo that we need to employ more inspectors. Um, however, we depend largely on the availability of uh, funds, whatever has been allocated to us, um, um, determines the number of inspectors that, uh, <clears throat> that we have. Like I said earlier on that, uh, in instances where people don't feel vacancies in other areas, I think we will. There's justification for us to move those those posts into this area of greater need, which is um, of employing more inspectors. We do, however, um, try our best to use the limited resources that we have effectively, um, so that the issue of um, the numbers is not is not really felt. Um, the reality, though, is that we will not be able to be every workplace, but the effective utilization of the, the limited numbers of inspectors 
will help us to make sure that at least you make um, you make a, a meaningful impact. And that's why you would have uh, we have blitzes where we take inspectors from all from the different areas and and. Uh, and move them to a specific area where we, we want to focus um, in, in that area. It's a costly exercise, but I think it's, it, is, uh, it, it is necessary. Um, on the IS performance um, from Honorable Zuma, I, I think I'll ask the COO to talk to this uh, because the provinces report to her, but I think uh, what I can say here is that we monitor performance um, strictly as a, as, as a department in instances where there's non-performance, we, um, we take actions. And, it, and, and this Eastern Cape one, there are two reasons. <clears throat> one um, is what the COO mentioned in terms of the poor planning with regards to people that go and write exams. The second one is that uh, the number of inspections that have to be dropped because they don't meet the quality that we've set in terms of our standards. Um, so, so a number of those um, those inspections were not included in the in the in the in the, in the report because of the quality of um, of those inspections, and we're very strict on those now. Um, given that we've moved on to a new system, um, <clears throat> so there are checks and uh, checks and balances. Steps taken to uh, closely monitor performance. I think I've mentioned this. Um, the, the I think the slow spending uh, during quarter three was also largely affected by the fact that we we received um, an allocation. Uh, for pathway management network um, in the middle of that, that quarter, which was about uh, just oh, 238 million, which um, was not spent because we needed to put together um, control measures. We needed to sign MOUs um, with the NYTA, um, GTEC, and, and, and the presidency. And we needed to set out um, exactly what this money was going to be used for, and, and set milestones. And, and and money could have could be transferred only once those milestones have been uh, have been met. And that's why the spending in that area was uh, was very slow. Um, on the questions asked by Honourable Makubela, uh, I think I've. I've spoken about the issue of anti-fraud, corruption, and the remedial action. Um, I agree it was just English. We need to, we've taken steps now to get, uh, we are taking steps to get an external service um, to assist us because of the fact that we have limited resources in that area and the cases are, are increasing. The drop in performance comparable to quarter three, I think the COO will talk to that. The target sets must be achieved uh, quarter in and quarter out. We agree with that. We strive to make sure that the, those the targets are achieved and the instances where they're not achieved will require uh, the, the program managers to explain uh, the reasons why those targets have not, <clears throat> have not been achieved. Um, 
and yes, we will be comfortable as well to make sure that uh, those targets are achieved 100%. On the questions raised by um, Honorable Pagre, um, I think uh, it was just the first question on the, the need for inspectors. Uh, was just imploring the, the committee uh, to help us in our fight to get uh, more money for the appointment of the <clears throat> for appointment of the inspectors. I think we support that. Um, I beg to differ, though, that in the Eastern Cape, uh, people don't see inspectors. Um, um, I think that province is one of the um, you know provinces that you know are diligent in terms of making sure that the work that is supposed to be done is done. Um, and 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 I, I think if if we're gonna judge the, the province by merely this this performance and uh, and then make the, uh, the assertion that uh, people in the province don't see inspectors, I think uh, I think it would be wrong, uh, Chair. Um, on the suspensions. I, I think, uh, if I remember quite well, we only have um, one person who's on suspension in the department now. And um, the other suspensions, I think we, we reported to the committee that they, um, and, and they were relating to what was happening at the unemployment insurance fund. Um, we, <clears throat> We've since uh, brought those uh, those colleagues back because there were disciplinary hearings that took place and and they were concluded. So in instances where you have some investigations uh, that are being done, for instance, the one case involves the Hawks, um, and and even though we hate um, keeping people in suspension personally, because I must come to work every day and there are people who earn their salaries while sitting at home. But there are instances where um, bringing a person back um, or allocating this person to work in another area would actually be at, at a disadvantage for, uh, I mean, to the organization. So, so we have just one case, um, if I remember quite well, and it's at the Unemployment Insurance Fund. Now, the issue of the chairpersons being there outsourced. I, I think uh, if we were to limit uh, the chairpersons only to only internally, uh, only to internal staff, um, firstly, it will take us a long time to finish, I mean, to complete these cases because there are many of these cases. Secondly, the issue of uh, fairness will, will also come to play here because um, we know most of the officials in the department and, and the objectivity element, um, we need to safeguard it all the time. And that's why we've opted to get somebody from outside um, you know, um, to provide that, uh, uh, to make sure that there's objectivity and that the outcome is not called into any questions. Um, I think the cost of creating a, a job in the private sector versus the, 
the public sector. Um, we, we don't have, I don't have the figures now, but I think that's something that we can, um, we, we can, we can provide. Um, whether um, we can argue um, in, in terms of cost here, yeah, um, rather than um, the fact that you know somebody is a, is is employed or um, you know has been given an opportunity, an employment opportunity, and and I suppose the question relates to. Um, the, the public employment programs or the presidential employment stimulus uh, programs that the government is currently running um, um, and the costs that are associated um, with, um, with that. But we can make uh, the, these, uh, these, these figures available, Chair. Uh, I didn't understand the question on COVID-19 tests, but uh, if I... If I responded out of 10, uh, you'll let me know, uh, Chairperson. Um, that I think we made an undertaking uh, when we started with the COVID-19 tests that we will um, claim the money back from the employers and we'll follow the, the we will uh, embark on a follow the money uh, process, which we did. Uh, and we are collecting monies uh, from the employers. And in fact, a number of employers are now coming to us and saying we want to bring the money back. Um, and um, of course, also the, the, the collaboration that we have with the law enforcement agencies is also um, yielding positive results. We have people who are now coming voluntarily and saying we want to plead guilty, uh, um, we, we shouldn't have taken money. And, and, and I think with a judgment, with the case that was concluded recently where somebody was um, given a sentence of 135 years um, in jail for defrauding the fund, um, that has um, shaken um, you know, others and um, they want to now come forward. And that makes life easier for law enforcement agencies. Um, to conclude um, this case. So we are collecting money uh, from employers. And in fact, even the, the, the normal revenue collection has actually improved. Um, I think when the, when the UIF uh, comes to the committee, um, the, the, the UIF commissioner will share that information with the, <clears throat> with the committee. And, and the placement of uh, placement of people in slide 52, it, it does actually take place, um, even though it takes place at a much slower um, uh, rate. Um, and given all the, the challenges that we, we have, uh, the skills mismatch and, and other challenges that we have, but placement does, uh, does take place. Um, and, and, and that's why we make an effort of sharing that information with the, with the committee whenever we come into the presentations. I think my colleagues will come in in areas where I have not uh, um, responded, uh, Chairperson uh, COO, and, and, and Esther uh, from Public Employment Services and the CFOs, they can just add Chair. Thanks, 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 Can we invite additional comments? 
thanks, Jay. It's, uh, it's Marsha Brunkursio speaking. Jay, thank you. I would like to start with the question around the drop in quarter three performance, but not in 2021. Indeed, uh, that is correct. Uh, 2020-21 was the year when we had the hot, very hot lockdown in quarter one. And during the course of the year, the lockdown was eased. So in the first quarter of 2021, we had a very bad performance of 25% because of the hard lockdown that we had. And subsequent to that, the performance of the department incre increased slowly during the months as the lockdown was, was eased. That's why it would appear as if in quarter three, uh, we had better performance because of the reasons I have explained. The question of quarter three targets and the performance of Eastern Cape and Free State, I think the Director General has explained it. But to add that they had three targets, two of them which were not met was the one for inspections, which was a common problem for all the provinces at that time. And the second one was the preparation and submission of legal documents for, for prosecution. That has also now been corrected. I think they both had a vacant post at that time. So it took time outside the timeframes. And we were very strict in terms of IAS to make sure that we stick to um, competent documents. The closely monitoring the performance of provinces is monitored on a monthly basis and uh, after each quarter when there is non-achievement, the heads of the provinces receive uh, letters in terms of progressive discipline to make sure that they improve their performance and that indeed uh, does improve the performance. We've seen it in, in, in the provinces that have had underperformance and they have imp uh, improved. I think, Chairperson, that takes care of the questions that I had to respond to. Thank you very much. Thanks, thanks, Masha Domkost, for the additional points. Any additional points, uh, CFO? Or you covered? Sure. Uh, on my side, uh, I am covered. The issue was on the annual financial statement which the DG covered appropriate. Thank you. Thank, thanks. Thanks, CFO. Honorable members, uh, I think we're... Sorry, Chair, can I, can okay. I answer, answer one question? Okay, okay, Mr. Kalipi. Kalipi. There was a question by Honorable Bagrin on the, whether can we trust the research on slide 34. Uh, and I just wanted just to indicate that the research that we're talking about on the minimum wage is done by one of the reputable research organizations in this country, DPRU, based at the University of, the, of Cape Town. And, uh, and, 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 and we've got no reason not to trust the result of the research that they've given. And also, just to allay any fears to the members on the delay in the minimum wage, that research, although it was released late, it did not have the effect of delaying the review of the minimum wage, which must come in on the 1st of March the following year. That review came in on the date that it was supposed to come, although the published research was published later than what it was supposed to publish. Thank you, Thanks, Thanks, Mr. Kalibu, for the additional points. Uh, Honorable Makubela, you, I see your hand is still up. Yes, Chairperson, I just want to make a follow-up um, okay. uh, letters comment. Uh, yes, yes, you can. 
Okay, thanks, Chairperson. On on um, I think um, on slide thirteen, um, slide thirteen needs to be explained better. Um, such as how many cases were referred to the employment relations, because there is nothing both uh, in English and maths that says one cases. Secondly, what is meant by dating cases referred to SARS? Does it mean criminal cases were opened? Can we be provided with case numbers as an information that should be submitted to the committee by Friday? Thanks, Chairperson. Thanks, Honorable Makubela. Uh, can we get a response, uh, DG? Because it's a commitment uh, that we get uh, this by Friday. We will certainly do that, Chair. Thanks, thanks, uh, DG. Uh, the point has been responded to. Uh, honorable members, uh, uh, honorable Deputy Minister, and the DG and the team. Chair. And the, okay. Michael Bagram, I had my hand up if possible. Okay, you can come, Honorable Bagram. Thank you, DG, for the responses. I think my question about the UIF was misinterpreted slightly in the sense that I know that the department is clawing back money from people who illegally took money for the TERS, and I applaud you for that. Um, I, I sensed an enormous opportunity during the COVID period to dig out employers who never registered with the UIF. Um, and I suspect there were literally hundreds of employers who came forward and claimed uh, tours for their employees but weren't registered. Um, we need to make sure that those people are all in the net. And I just feel that we missed that opportunity to get as many people in the net as possible, many employers in the net. That, that's what I was hinting at. So, sorry for the misinterpretation. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Honorable Bikram. I'm sorry it's captured, uh, DG. Yes, Chair, it is captured. In fact, um, Honorable Bikram is correct. Um, we were also excited that you know, we were able to have a much more better view of the employers who were not uh, complying with UIF. And, and we have not missed that opportunity. I just want to assure uh, Honorable Bikram, Chair, and the committee that we have not missed that opportunity. We are actually using it to our advantage because we now have a sense of um, who, the, who the, these employers are and um, our inspectors are um, are doing their work in terms of uh, making sure that we collect the outstanding um, contributions from these companies. But we've also registered on our, them now because we, we know them and we have forced them to, uh, to declare their employees. So we have not missed the opportunity. Thanks, Chair. Thanks, thanks, DG. Maybe in the in the same vein, uh, DG and the team and the honourable deputy minister. I think the concluding remark, uh, also appropriate in this regard, would also be to congratulate the department for the recoveries that it has made. If you look for terms of the presentation that has been made uh, on on slide fifty, uh, you would find that uh, there's quite a lot of money that has been returned to workers. Uh, the most uh, 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 higher one, higher ones is the 28.2 million that was uh, recovered from COIDA, which has also been returned to workers. 
and as well as the 19.6 million that is on the National Minimum Wage uh, Act. Uh, as well, we can also note the Basic Condition of Employment Act, around 5.8 uh, million, and the UCA, uh, UIF, uh, around the 1, 1 million. Altogether, these uh, are funds that have been returned to, to workers, which I think we should uh, appropriately line with what uh, Honorable Bigram and DJ have just concluded on. Also, congratulate the department for a job well done. And we'll continue uh, to request that and the Honorable Deputy Minister would request that uh, the report should, in fact, always be captured on progress that has been made. And we would want to, to, to express our gratitude for, for that kind of intervention. And we hope that we will uh, see more of these recoveries uh, happening. Uh, having said that, uh, there are also uh, comments that have been made which have further enriched our, our discussion with regard to the presentation. And we want to appreciate all the contributions that have been made by honorable members. And uh, in conclusion, we would want again to extend our word of gratitude to Honorable Chairperson who is off seat and we wish her well. And we would want to encourage Honorable members whenever they have an opportunity to just place a call uh, of, of well wishing wishes to, to her so that she in fact feels con to continue to be part of uh, this collective. With those few words, uh, I want to uh, Thank everyone for the uh, contributions that we have made to make this important uh, portfolio committee meeting a success. And see you uh, at the next uh, portfolio committee meeting. Unless, uh, Mr. Sagaza, there are any announcements you would make uh, before I attend. Any announcements? No, uh, Honorable Chair, there isn't uh, as yet. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Mr. Sagaza. Honorable members, uh, the meeting is attended. Thanks. Uh, Thank, you. Thank 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 you. Thank